0: something
1: familiar
0: something peculiar something for everyone a comedy
1: tonight, tonight. Ah! something appealing something appalling something for everyone a comedy tonight nothing with kings nothing with crowns bring on Complications. Nothing potentious or polite. Ready tomorrow. tomorrow. Comedy
2: tonight. tonight. <laughs> well, it's time for our Comedy Corner. And this time we are going back to visit the great Gildersleeve. This one was originally broadcast on January 7th, in 1948, on NBC. And it's entitled "An." Tuttle. Now, Ann Tuttle is a neighbor, or that is, the cousin of a neighbor of Gildersleeve, and uh, apparently she's very attractive. So that attracts Gildy's attention. Here it comes from 1948, January 7th, the great Gildersleeve Ann Tuttle. The Kraft
3: Foods Company presents Harold Perry as the great Gildersleeve. (laughs) Yes. The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of parquet margarine. Well, the holiday season is over, and there's sort of a letdown feeling in the Gildersleeve household this Sunday afternoon. The Christmas tree has been stripped of its finery and tossed in the trash pile. The greeting cards have been thrown in the wastebasket. And the great Gildersleeve has just plunked himself down on the sofa. Hmm. <laughs> uh,
4: uh, uh. Uh Uh-oh, too late. What's the matter, Bertie?
5: I was going to ask you something, but it's too late. You're settled.
4: Oh, what was it?
5: I was going to ask you to clean the snow off the front walk.
4: You're right, it's too late.
5: (laughs) It's piled up pretty high out there.
4: Yes, Bertie, bad situation. People have to get by, you know.
5: That's right.
4: We can't just leave it there. Something's got to be done about it. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll speak to Leroy about it.
5: Lee? He ain't here, Mr. Gillsleeve. Oh? He's out playing somewhere. He's
4: never here when you want him. Uncle Mort? Huh?
5: Aren't
6: you going to clean the snow off the front walk?
4: We have the matter under serious discussion, Marjorie.
6: Guess
5: that's Leroy.
4: Good. He's just in time. Leroy?
5: Yeah? Hi.
4: Leroy, my little man.
5: Huh?
4: Leroy, my boy, I...
6: Say, Uncle, aren't you going to shovel the snow off the walk? Well... Everybody else has around here.
4: Leroy, I thought maybe you'd take care of that. Me? Certainly. Good exercise for a growing boy. Besides, shoveling snow is lots of fun.
6: Not for me, it isn't.
4: Leroy, I thought just this once you might want to help out your old uncle. I thought you'd realize he works hard all week, and he's entitled to one day of rest. But, since you don't, I guess your poor old uncle will have to go out and shovel that snow.
6: Yeah, I guess he will.
4: No, I won't. You will.
6: Put on. You heard
4: me, Leroy. Oh, for... Get a move on, young man, right now. Unless you want your allowance cut.
6: All right.
4: The snow shovel's in the hall closet.
6: All right.
4: And I want you to do a good job, young man.
6: Okay.
4: So I'll have to get up and supervise this. Just sit over here by the window, where I can keep an eye on him. Hey, who's that? Who, honkies? on the porch over at the Bullard's.
6: Well, you ought to recognize her. What? You gave her quite a rush when she was here before. It's Mrs. Bullard's cousin.
4: Ann Tuttle? Well, is she back in town? Yes. Looks just as cute as ever, too.
6: Here we go again.
4: <laughs> Leroy! I'm
6: going, Uncle. I had to get the shovel.
4: Just a minute, my boy. Leroy, I'll shovel that snow.
6: Huh? She just said you wanted me to do it.
4: Wouldn't think of it. Too strenuous for a growing boy like you. <laughs> Hope she's still out there.
6: What'd you say, Aunt? Uh,
4: nothing. Uh, see you later, Leroy. Boy, what
6: a character.
4: She went back in the house. <laughs> well, maybe she'll come out again. As long as I'm out here, I might as well shovel some snow. <laughs> this is silly. She probably won't come out again. Might as well go back in the house, let Leroy finish this. Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve. Miss Tuttle. Well, I didn't know you were back in Summerfield.
7: Yes, I'm visiting here a few days.
4: Oh, what a surprise. It's nice to see you again, Miss Tuttle.
7: It's nice to see you.
4: It's nice to see you.
7: Have you seen my little nephew anywhere?
4: Uh, Little Craig? No, I haven't. I've been busy shoveling snow.
7: Oh, you must be tired.
4: No, do it all the time. (laughs) 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 Wonderful exercise. Oh? Mm Mm-hmm. Keeps my cheeks nice and rosy.
7: (laughs) Well, I I think I'd better find Craig.
4: Uh, Miss Tuttle. Yes? Uh, Did you have a nice Christmas?
7: Yes, I did. Well, Mr. Gildersleeve...
4: Uh... How about New Year's?
7: I enjoyed that, too.
4: Nice holiday, New Year's. Of course, the Fourth of July is nice, too. And there's Columbus Day and uh, May Day. <laughs> well,
7: Mr. Gildersleeve, I really must be going. Uh, Miss
4: Tuttle, uh, I was wondering if you and me, that is, you and I, well, maybe we could... Uh...
8: Well, well, well. Hooker. Greetings and salutations, Miss Tuttle. Hello, Judge Hooker. Nice to see you again, my dear. Our fair city has been dark and desolate without the warmth of your charming presence, without the sunshine of your smile.
4: Oh, brother.
8: (laughs) Shoveling snow, Gildy.
4: What does it look like I'm doing?
8: What's the matter? Couldn't you get Leroy to do it?
4: This old goat.
8: you pardon my boldness, Miss Tuttle, but you're looking prettier than ever.
7: Well, thank you, Judge.
8: Not at all. Uh, <clears throat> did you have a nice Christmas? Yes, I did. That's nice. And
4: how about... Yes, you... Judge, you had a nice New Year's, too. <laughs> Why don't you go in the house, Horace, and sit by the fire or something?
8: I'm quite comfortable out here, thank you.
4: You might catch cold.
8: No, I find this air quite bracing. <sighs>
4: you, you better go in, Horace. You're turning blue.
8: <laughs> don't you worry about me, Gildy. You know, Miss Tuttle, winter always takes me back to my childhood. Yeah,
4: second childhood.
8: <laughs> snow fights, bobsledding, those were merry times.
4: <laughs>
8: well, I have a good notion to make a snowman right now. I'll make one of you, Gildy, if I can find enough snow. What?
4: Why, you skinny bag oh, of... Oh, bo-
7: there he is. Craig, Craig.
4: Hey, Miss Tuttle.
7: Well, gentlemen, I'll have to be going. But, Miss Tuttle. It was nice seeing you again.
8: But, Miss Tuttle, I wanted to. You- my dear. You know, Gildy, it is getting a little chilly. I think I'll accept your invitation to go in by the fire. Huh? Too bad you have to stay out here and shovel snow all by yourself. See you later, Gildy. <laughs>
1: oh. Boy.
4: Miss Tuttle, or may I call you Anne? You'll make me the happiest man in the world if you'll have dinner with me and my little family tomorrow night. This is all I ask, for I dare not ask a kiss. I dare not beg a smile, lest having that or this I might grow proud the while. (laughs) Yours truly, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, Esquire. (laughs) Pretty good note. Glad Marjorie had that poetry book around. Uh, Leroy. Yeah? Come here, my boy.
6: What do you want, Unc?
4: I want you to do something for me.
6: Oh, I'm kind of busy, Unc.
4: Never mind. I want you to take this note over and give it to Miss Tuttle, personally.
6: A note? Well, gee, Unc, she's just across the street. Can't you go over and see her?
4: I prefer to do it this way, young man. Just take this note now.
6: Oh, I get it. Mushy stuff.
4: (laughs) No remarks are necessary. As a matter of fact, it's a formal invitation. Well, sort of formal. Here you are. Okay. Now run along now. And don't you lose it. Let's see, I'll run down and get some flowers. Candy. Leroy, what are you waiting for? Uh, here's a quarter. Now hurry.
6: Okay. Here goes your little
1: messenger of love.
4: <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> afternoon, Peavy. Well, oh, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve
1: My, that's
0: a nice bouquet of flowers you have there
4: Yes <laughs> Bet you're wondering who they're for
0: No, not particularly What? Uh, is there something I can do for you, Mr. Gildersleeve?
4: Well, I do want a box of candy That heart-shaped one up there Heart-shaped box? Very well Peavy, aren't you a little curious? How's that? Flowers and a box of candy. What does that sound
0: like? Sounds like flowers and a box of candy.
1: <laughs>
0: but don't you want to know who they're for? No, I never ask personal questions of my customers. That's the pharmaceutical code. Oh? Well, maybe I'll tell you then. Do you want me to? Yeah, if you want to. You'd like to know, wouldn't you? Well, if you'd like to tell me. Oh! <laughs> For heaven's sake,
4: they're for Mrs. Bullard's cousin, Ann Tuttle. She's back in town. Yes, I know. I'm expecting to have dinner with her tomorrow night.
0: Yes, I know that,
4: too. What? Well,
0: how do you know that? Well, Leroy was in a little while ago, bought a quarter's worth of candy. He left a note on the candy counter. got. Didn't he deliver that note? If you don't mind my saying so, Mr. Gildersleeve, it was a lovely sentiment you wrote. I dare not ask a kiss. I dare PB, not... Peavy, give me that
1: note. I haven't
0: got it. Well, where is it? Well, you don't have to worry, Mr. Gildersleeve. Miss Tuttle got the note all right. How could she? Well, you... See, she ordered some toothpaste this afternoon, so when I sent it over, I wrapped your note around it.
1: What?
4: Well, I... <laughs> you sent my note with toothpaste? It's very good toothpaste. Peavy, why don't you mind your own business? Mr. Gildersleeve, I was only trying to A fine to friend you are. Toothpaste. What does she think? She'll never speak to me again. Well, oh, no, I don't think... Peavy, that. do you know what you are? If you... Yes, you can hold it for just a minute while I
0: answer the phone. Peavy's Pharmacy. Who? Oh, just a moment, please. It's for you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Huh?
4: Hello? Hello?
7: Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve.
4: Oh, uh, Miss Tuttle.
7: I was hoping I'd find you there. I just got your note.
4: Oh. Well, you see...
7: It was so clever the way you sent it. It was? Yes. So original. How did you ever think of it?
4: Well, I just... And Mr.
7: Gildersleeve, I'd love to have dinner at your house tomorrow night. Oh,
4: that's wonderful. About seven?
7: That'll be fine.
4: And uh, after dinner, maybe we can go someplace? Uh, Just we two.
7: All right. Well,
4: see you tomorrow night, Mr. Gildersleeve. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. <laughs> Peavy? Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve? As I was about to say, do you know what you are? What? You're a little cupid. Well, now, I wouldn't say that. <laughs>
3: It's approaching the dinner hour in the Gildersleeve household, but this is no ordinary dinner tonight. The dining room table has the new look, with its lace tablecloth, gleaming silverware, and bowl of flowers in the center. And coming down the stairs, the great Gildersleeve has the new look,
4: too. Give me one dozen roses, put my heart in beside them. Oh, oh Marge. Uh, hello, Margie, my dear.
6: Oh, my, a tuxedo.
4: Yeah. <laughs> How do I look? Oh, shirt popped out. (laughs) Have to stuff it back in. (laughs) Unky. Uh, There's nothing wrong with dressing for dinner.
6: Yes, Unky, but don't you think you're overdoing it a
4: little? No, I don't. I'm sure Miss Tuttle will appreciate it. Over at the Bullards, they probably dress for dinner every night. It's the usual thing in polite society, you know?
6: Oh, yes, of course. Hi.
4: Ah, hello, Leroy.
6: When do we... Pretty neat, Unky.
4: Oh, thank you, my boy.
6: Looks a little tight, though. Can you bend over?
4: What? Of course I can bend. Oh, <laughs> well, well, I wonder how Bertie's coming with the dinner.
6: I wouldn't bother her, Ronky. She's awfully busy out there. Yeah, she chased me out of the kitchen twice.
4: It serves you right. I told you not to annoy her. Bertie!
1: Ronky! Just a minute.
5: What is it, Mr. Gilsey? I got a lot of things on the fire out there.
4: <laughs> Just checking up dinner will be ready at 7 sharp, huh, Bertie? Yes, sir. That's good. And you won't forget to serve the coffee in the demitasse cups. No, sir. That's it. And, Bertie, just for tonight, we won't shout back and forth from the kitchen. I'll press the buzzer when I want you.
5: Yes. Is that all, Miss Gilsey? Well,
4: I guess you'll manage all right, Bertie.
5: If certain people just let Bertie alone, she'll manage all right. If certain people just let her alone...
6: Boy, she's mad. Well, I don't blame her. Unky, stop making such a fuss about everything. Just because Miss Tuttle is coming for dinner. Yeah, Uncle, relax.
4: Well, I just want to make sure that everything goes right, that's all. And children, I think before Miss Tuttle arrives, we'd better have a little rehearsal. What? We want to show her that we know what to do at the dinner table.
6: I know what to do. You eat.
4: <laughs> but it's the way we eat, Leroy. Now, we'll pretend that we're just going into dinner. Leroy, you take Marjorie's arm.
6: This is silly.
4: Never mind. I'll take Miss Tuttle's arm.
6: Miss Tuttle?
4: We're pretending, Leroy. Play acting. Now, we go in. After you, Miss Tuttle.
6: After you, Marjorie.
4: Oh, for... Now, we sit down at the table. Get up, Leroy. We seat the ladies first. Uh... Miss Tuttle, you sit here by me.
6: (sighs) Okay, we got the idea.
4: Just a minute. We're not through. Before the first course, we'll have a little polite conversation.
6: If this isn't ridiculous.
4: Like this. Did you have a nice day, Miss Tuttle? Yeah, that's nice. Is he kidding? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Leroy.
4: And after the conversation, we'll have the first course. I'll ring for Bertie. What is it now, Mr...
5: What y'all sitting down now for? You said you wanted dinner at 7 o'clock.
4: Well,
2: we were just... Ain't
5: no
4: use trying to rush
5: me, Mr. Gillsleeve. You said dinner at 7 o'clock. I'm sorry,
4: Bertie. I didn't mean
5: to... When you tell me 7 o'clock, it's 7 o'clock. It ain't 6. It ain't 6.30. It's 7 o'clock.
4: But, Bertie, this was just a rehearsal.
5: Rehearsal? Mr. Gillsleeve, I've been getting meals in this house for a long time. I don't need no rehearsal. Yeah,
4: I know you don't, Bertie. I was Bertie's
6: old... right. This is the craziest thing I ever heard of. As if we didn't know how to act.
4: I didn't say that. Marjorie, where are you going?
6: I'm going to my room. I'm not a child, and I won't be treated like one. Well,
4: you're still a child to me. You come back here, young lady.
5: Anybody that cooks morning, noon, and night don't need no rehearsal. Bertie,
4: I did Marjorie, come back here. Bertie,
6: I'll have this... Me too
4: You keep out of this, young man
5: Rehearsal If you're dissatisfied, Mr. Gillsleeve You just let Bertie know I get plenty of offers uh, Bertie, I'm very satisfied
4: Where are you going, Leroy?
6: Sorry, young Miss Tuttle asked me to take her home She can't stand your shouting at the table Leroy!
1: Leroy!
4: <laughs> out of the window again, Leroy. Do you see her?
7: No.
4: Can't
6: we eat now, Uncle?
4: We'll wait for Miss Tuttle, who's probably detained a few minutes. It's
6: getting late. Oh, haven't you heard, Leroy? It's fashionable to be late in high society.
4: Now, my dear, we agreed to forget all about that.
6: I'm getting awful hungry.
4: Leroy, we'll wait for our guest. You mustn't be a slave to your stomach.
5: Mr. Gillsleeve, it's after seven.
4: I know, Bertie. She should be here any minute now.
6: It's 7.30. I'm starving. So am I.
4: We'll wait just a little longer.
6: Unc, Unc, I've got spots before my eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, well, it's almost eight. No use waiting any longer, children. She isn't coming.
6: Oh, boy, food. I'll tell Bertie. Unky, why don't you call Miss Tuttle?
4: No, I won't call her. She doesn't want to come. It's all right.
6: But maybe something
4: happened. No. Your old Uncle got stood up, that's all.
6: Poor Unky. I think it's a shame after all the trouble you went
5: to.
4: That's all right. <laughs> oh, shirt popped out. <laughs>
5: Miss Gillsleeve, dinner's on the table.
4: Uh, thanks, Bertie. Sorry I kept you waiting so long.
5: That's all right.
4: You go ahead and eat with Leroy, my dear. I'm not very hungry.
5: Well, all right. Miss Gillsleeve. Yes, Bertie? Miss Marjorie Marjor- was worried that you might feel bad, and she asked me to invite one of your friends over to dinner, so I called the judge.
4: Oh, well, that was nice.
5: I told him you was feeling lonesome. Yeah? But he said he couldn't come.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, thank you anyway, Bertie. Guess I'm not very popular tonight.
5: Hey, when do we eat?
7: Somebody's at the door.
4: I'll get
3: it.
7: Miss Tuttle. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. I can't tell you how sorry I am I'm so late, but I really couldn't help it. Oh, that's all right. I was out with the Bullards and the car broke down. I couldn't get to a phone.
4: I understand.
7: Then you're not angry?
4: No, of course not. We didn't mind waiting.
7: You haven't had dinner yet.
4: Oh, no, what the heck? We weren't very hungry anyway. Oh, go starving,
7: aren't uh, you? Mm. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Miss Tuttle. Hello, Leroy. Marjorie. I hope you'll both accept my apologies. Of course. Sure, let's eat. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh-huh. You're wearing a tuxedo. <coughs> I am? Oh
1: yeah. <laughs>
4: I always like to dress for dinner.
7: Well, you look very distinguished.
4: Uncle <laughs>
7: <laughs> I'm gonna faint.
4: Huh? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, shall we go into the dining room? I'd love to. After you, Miss Tuttle.
7: After you, Marjorie. <laughs> That was a lovely dinner, Mr. Gildersleeve.
4: Oh, it wasn't much. Just potluck. <laughs> Would you care for another demi-tasse?
7: No, thank you. Your niece and nephew are charming. Leroy's so well-mannered.
4: He is? I mean, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, if there's any place you'd care to go. A movie or dancing.
7: Well, Mr. Gildersleeve, I think I'd rather stay right here. It's so cozy and nice by the fire. If that's all right with you.
4: You bet. It's all right with me. Shall we sit here on the sofa? Nice and comfy.
7: All right. Uh, uh,
4: uh, Ah, this is nice. Yes, it is. Comfortable?
7: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Does that light bother your eyes?
7: No, I don't think so.
4: It does. I could turn it off and just leave the lamp on. (laughs) No trouble. Well. I'll just reach over there and. Oh, my shirt. <laughs> yeah, now I'll get the light.
1: Yeah,
4: that's better, isn't it? More comfy. hmm.
7: I dare not ask a kiss. I dare not beg a smile. Ha! Huh? <laughs> Don't you remember, Mr. Gildersleeve? That was in the note you sent me yesterday. Oh,
4: oh yes. <laughs> Hope there wasn't any toothpaste on it.
7: <laughs> it's a lovely poem by Robert Herrick. Mm-hmm. Herrick is one of my favorites.
4: Yeah, it's one of my favorites, too. Never miss one of his poems.
7: Do you know the rest of this one?
4: Uh, no. <laughs>
7: it goes like this. No, no, the utmost share of my desire shall be only to kiss that heir that lately kissed thee. Uh,
4: Miss Tuttle, you don't have to kiss the air, Not while I'm here. <laughs> uh,
7: Mr. Gildersleeve.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Who's that, I wonder? i
8: get it. Good evening, Judge. Evening, Bertie.
4: What does he want?
8: Well, I didn't think you were coming over I couldn't make it for dinner, Bertie But I thought I'd drop by for a minute and cheer up our lonesome friend A friend in need is a friend indeed Psst. Hello, Gilda. Well, Miss Tuttle Good
7: evening, Judge I hope I'm not intruding <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, no
7: Mr. Gildersleeve and I were just discussing poetry. Well, in that case, I'll stay.
8: I like nothing better than an evening with the muses.
4: Why don't you go and spend it with them?
7: (laughs) Oh, I didn't know you liked poetry. Oh,
4: I do.
8: Why, I can recite it for the hour. Mm, You gods.
7: That's wonderful.
8: Here's a favorite of mine. The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. (laughs) The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. (laughs) Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping,
4: probably bats,
8: as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door.
4: Oh, what's the use? What's that, Miss Tuttle? Oh, Mr.
7: Gildersleeve, kiss me again.
4: Oh, if you insist.
1: Uh-huh. Again? Oh, well, what the heck? <laughs>
8: Gildy, Gildy, wake up.
0: Mm-hmm. If it's...
8: Gildy! What's that? Judge, where am I? You've been asleep for the last two hours, Gildy. You missed a thrilling evening. Oh, my goodness. Where's Miss Tuttle? She had to leave, but she told me to tell you she had a wonderful time. Huh? Yes, I recited every poem in my repertoire. No wonder she left. Too bad you slept through it. The one she liked especially was The curfew Tolls, the knell of parting day. Good
4: night, Judge.
8: The lowing herd winds slowly o'er the leaves. Why
4: don't you do the same, you old goat? Good night, folks.
3: The Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. It was written by Gene Stone and Jack Robinson with music by Jack Meekin. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Louise Erickson, Lillian Randolph, Earl Ross, and Richard Legrand. This is John Wald saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Tomorrow night, William Powell will be Al Jolson's guest on the Kraft Music Hall, heard over most of these NBC stations. Don't miss it. I will. Remember, tomorrow night, for exact time, see your local paper. And be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further Adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Do that. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
2: From January 7th, 1948, that was The Great Gildersleeve, and the name of that one was Ann Tuttle. Great Gildersleeve had such a great uh, cast, really it was an ensemble cast that worked so well together. One of the ones that uh, everyone comments on is as one of their favorite characters on on that show, was Peavy the druggist. And he was played by an actor by the name of Richard Legrand. And Richard Legrand was born all the way back in 1882. And he worked in theater early in his career uh, backstage. But legend has it, it was uh, while he was working backstage, working an artificial snow machine, when he was called on to make his stage debut due to an actor who turned up missing. Well, obviously that ended up being a success because he continued in theater doing dramas, musical comedies, tent shows, and even vaudeville. Legrand worked on radio as early as 1929. He portrayed Professor Nickelbein on a show entitled School Days, which I have to admit I've never heard. He also did the announcing for the Pacific Vagabonds program. But he was a comedy favorite as Peavy the Druggist on The Great Gildersleeve. His signature line to end most conversations was, Well, now, I wouldn't say that. Peavy was a member of the Jolly Boys on the Gildersleeve, and uh, one of his regular routines as a Jolly Boy was to try to get the group to sing There's a Tavern in the Town. But he was very rarely successful. In 1951, the National Association of Retail Druggists named PV America's favorite neighborhood druggist in recognition that coincided with Richard Legrand's 50th year in show business. What other shows did he work on? Well, in 1949, he became a regular on Fibber, McGee, and Molly, portraying Ole, the Elks Club janitor. He appeared on the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show as Phil's father. He used that same Peavy voice for that role. He also performed on uh, One Man's Family. He was in the Hollywood version, the second version of I Love a Mystery. Or no, excuse me, the original version. Hollywood came first and then New York was second. LeGrand also uh, portrayed Peavy in three of the great Gildersleeve movies. And he had a particularly large role in the uh, movie entitled Gildersleeve on Broadway. He was 81 years old when we lost him in 1963. Richard Legrand had that great voice as uh, PV the Druggist. One of the things I like to do from time to time, if you've been listening, is I like to take a date in history, like this show was first uh, broadcast on January 7th, 1948, and I like to go to the Billboard Top 100 for that date and find out what song was number one. And I thought I'd play it for you. And this is kind of a surprise to me. You know, there was some great music in the 40s. Some of the big bands were really, really terrific. But this song was uh, by uh, Art Mooney, and it was number one for three weeks in January and I think maybe early February. Well, no, I must have all been in January 48. It was his first big hit. And uh, the song was originally uh, released in 1927 by other artists. It charted at number two for Nick Lucas, don't remember him, number three for Ben Burney and his orchestra, and number 10 for Gene Goldkett and his orchestra. Certainly heard of Ben Burney, but not the others. The song underwent a major revival in 1948 when it not only charted for Art Mooney, but also for Russ Morgan, got as high as number six for Russ Morgan. For Alvino Ray, it got as high as number six. The Three Sons, S-U-N-S, it got up to uh, number 10. For the Uptown uh, String Band, it reached number 11. And it even got to number 14 for Arthur Godfrey. All of those in 1948, I find that amazing. And if that's not enough, in 1964, Wayne Newton did a version of it. Never made the top 100, but it did get to 123. Unless you're much older than I am, you're going to find it hard to believe that this was the number one song for three weeks back in January of 1948. This is Bob Rowe. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow with the uh, best old-time radio drama. In the meantime, I'm so glad you stopped by, and I'm so glad you met me.